Hi there, it's Kathy from the Rock Your Retirement Show, and I'm so glad that you are joining us today. Today, I have Veronica Mitchell on the show with me, and she's an advocate for seniors, women, and caregivers. She writes her own blog featured on veronicamitchell.com, and she's a sought-after public speaker because of her genuine approach that combines her excellent verbal, emotional, and social intelligence with her funny sense of humor and curiosity of life. Veronica has been the founder of several corporations, and she's also been employed by U.S. and international corporations. She is a caregiver for her aging parents, and she writes and speaks on resilient aging, preventing elder abuse, caregiver issues, and making the most of life at any age. So, Veronica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kathy. It's always a pleasure to join you. I, I love your Rock Your Retirement podcast. Thank you. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about resilience, right? We are, and how important it is at any age to start using it. So tell me what you mean by resilience. Well, resilience is actually the ability to adapt yourself to adversity and to have the ability to cope and recover from crisis or stress, everything in between all of the life transitions. But not only be able to get through that, but the resilience part of it is being able to thrive after the trauma, the death, the loss, the dismemberment, uh, the disability, the diagnosis. That's what resilience is, being able to continue to grow and move forward and thrive. So is that really something that you can learn or is that something you're just born with? I think it's both. You know, I, I think some people literally are born that way. You know, they have all these studies out there where there are some people that like firemen, you know, they run towards the problem to fix things. They have an abundance of resilience and they have a reservoir of it. And I think others, they adapt and they grow and they learn. They see it. They see it demonstrated. Or they get to a situation in life where you have to decide, are you going to start building resilience? Or are you just going to sit back and let life and accept it for whatever it is? Instead of accepting it and coming up with a plan to adjust as you go, continue to stay connected continue to grow, and figure out what is the next game plan for you. And then you might realize you didn't even ever think of the possibilities that could come once you accept, adjust as you go, continue to have that social connection, and allow yourself to grow. So I have a friend whose husband died a few years ago, and basically they were, they were so close She's really having a hard time adjusting to his death. How would I help her to move through that? Because it's not really something that you're going to move past. Like, how would she learn to be resilient? Like, if you don't even know where to start, where, where would you start? Right. And it's very difficult. And I don't want to discount when I say that anyone can do it. And I don't have my polyander rose-colored glasses. Because as you said... It's not something you're going to get over, and you do have to live with it every day of your life. And you want to get to the point where you can live with it and have those good memories and still cherish the time that you spent with this fabulous person, you know. But how do you get there? Well, you have to start with acceptance. And part of that 
maybe as you being a friend is having conversations with her just about the acceptance of the death, you know, just conversations. If she brings something up and she says, wow, I just realized I, we usually go away every year at this time. I'm not going to book it. She just accepted that in that moment. So that might be a way for you to navigate a quick conversation to build on that acceptance and then helping her with being able to adjust as she goes, you know, does she have support group? Does she have any kind of a core program that she takes care of herself? Could you join her for a walk in the morning and help her thinking about how do you move forward after your spouse dies? Could you encourage her to go to a support group? Maybe you could go with her the first couple of times to the support group just to be that added support. Are there some online blogs that might help her? Is she affiliated with the religion where she has a trusted source that she could start a, a dialogue with the religious leader? I always encourage exercise, exercise, exercise. We need that endorphin release in our brain. We, re we need to breathe. We need to relax. You know, exercise has a way of building us up and then helping us relax. And then coping skills, encouraging coping skills with your friend. Does she have a therapist? Does she have a general practitioner or doctor that she's checked in with? Has she gotten, depending on her age, has she gotten any physicals? Does she need to start journaling? Will that help her? You know, maybe if she is physically fine and she's okay, would she like to foster children? Would she like to go to the hospital and be a greeter? So there's a lot of different volunteer efforts that you can encourage and go with your friend to help start building the fun memories again and building that memory within herself to get up and go and try new things. Still with acknowledging that her husband's passed, still acknowledging that there's been a death. I mean, we can't not talk about it. Part of the resilience is having the frank, candid conversations. And then you learn to thrive and encouraging all of that stuff and having a um, staying connected with your social capita. We'll talk about that. You know, it's a way to have a program, a system, a wrapping of the arms around the person, if you will, to show them that, hey, you can step up and get out of this. You can rise up and get out of this. You can use a wheelchair to get up and get out of this. You can use a walker. Hey, if you're stuck in bed, we can still, if you're paralyzed and you're going to be in bed for a while from an accident, we can still come up with programs to help build your resilience. We just got to be open. So basically try to focus on what you can do. Is that is that what you're talking about when you said use a wheelchair or a walker, you know, or sit up? What, what, do, you, what right. do you mean by that? What I mean is that your friend's dealing with death, so she's going to have a different kind of a thing. And then someone that, you know, here in San Diego locally, we have, a, it's a military town. So you may have listeners that have vets that have come back and they may have gone through quite a bit in um, their action in the wars and in their military service. And they may have to adapt everything in their house. They may have to adapt the fact that they've lost limbs or have had a traumatic brain injury, and they may have to change jobs. They may have to change 
everything in their lives, everything. But you have to start with something. You have to start with this basic core of what we're talking about as far as being able to have the conversations, have the acceptance, have an adjust-as-you-go plan. So an adjust-as-you-go plan, you may have a plan A and a plan B, but when the service person comes back from overseas and they've had a traumatic brain injury, plan A and plan B might be out the door for your retirement. So you have to have a plan C to now encourage someone to still make the most of their life and have resilience to change things and move forward. Okay. So let's say I had a, let's say I got in a car accident and I wound up with a brain injury and my life is never going to be the same after that. So what would your advice be to me to kind of try to build resilience after that? Well, you know, it's going to take some time, first of all. So as human beings, we think, oh, I just want to help my friend, or I just want to help this person, and I want, it to be, I want them to hear my message, get all the training, get all the therapy, and then they're going to be fine for however they are. They're, everything's going to get better. And that's really not the case. And it's going to be a gradual thing of growing the resilience. While you're in therapy, your family and friends, should, you know, maybe come up with a plan that they can all be participating in helping you realize the small steps you're going to take that each build that platform of resilience. So in the beginning, when you're recovering from a a brain injury or a physical trauma, there's a lot of rehab involved, whether it's emotional rehab, physical rehab, spiritual rehab, and the mental rehab, there's a lot of hard work that's going to be involved. So just being there to support the person, talking with them, acknowledging it, helping them get the right tools that they need, get the right support that they need, get the right help from family, friends, insurance, whatever that person needs so that the tools are in place so that person can then start internalizing that resilience and literally start building that platform. Because it goes from, oh, my God, my life has changed. I can't do my job. I won't be able to do my checkbook, maybe. You know, I won't be able to sign contracts. I mean, who knows? The level of incapacity could be anything. So now you have to come up with a realistic approach. That's why acceptance is so important. The sooner we can start accepting what's happened, the sooner we can start adjusting as we go and coming up with a game plan. Okay. That sounds good so far. What do you do after you have accepted? Then what do you do? And the acceptance is something that goes on and on, right? So Mm -hmm. even though you accept it, there's going to be days where you're going to look in the mirror and just be so mad and you're going to say, I can't believe this happened. So you will struggle with acceptance. But once you really accept it to the point where you're able to start moving, then you come up with some game plans. You, You have to start adjusting as you go. So And it's not one magic piece that's going to put the puzzle together, right? So it's a combination of everything. It's having gratitude. I know people say, well, how can I be grateful for having a brain injury? I had a brain injury three years ago. Now, it wasn't a traumatic brain injury, but it was a car accident. It was a senior on the wrong side of the road. Long story short, she floored her car in reverse. I had a concussive syndrome for a very long time. I had to cancel my speaking engagements, my writing engagements. And, uh, but you know what the flip side of it was? I had to learn to accept. I had to be resilient. I had to adjust as I go. 
come up with new game plans. My family was very shocked. They were very sad. And my little sister caught me one day not knowing how to put a recipe together. And she's never seen her big sister not be able to, to put the puzzle together, so to speak. But the good thing is, is during that time of accepting and putting a plan together and moving forward, I also had time to think about a lot. I had time to come up with a, a very good game plan to get good doctors in place, to get the right therapists in place, get the right rehab in place. And now I'm back to my speaking engagements. Is that going to happen for everyone? No, it's not. And for the people that it won't, they go through the same process I went through, and then they come up with another avenue. So depending on the level of injury, some people will end up going into a completely different career choice. Some people that might have had a physically fit job and they're involved in running around from different corporations in and out of their car and, and um, signing bills and doing sponsorships and things with athletic teams, they could end up having a car accident and never be able to walk or drive again. Well, they've got to come up with something. So maybe their plan is to go back to school and learn computers and do remote work from home. And then they learn that they love social media and they love digital marketing and they become a superstar, you know? So there's a lot of avenues that people can, some people have had accidents and they stay home and they, be, they create these baking companies with these fabulous recipes that have been handed down from family to family, but they didn't even think about it until they literally were faced with one of these adjust as you go moments, one of these I've got to build resilience and change the course of my life. So now I've got to figure this out. So I've got to get up every day and exercise. I've got to get up every day and stay connected. I've got to get up every day and check in with my social connections. I've got to try and get employment. And what is that employment? I don't know. I got to figure it out. Is it going to be online? Is it going to be in person? Is it, I'm going back to school. Maybe I'll try and get a full ride scholarship. You know, there's, there's things you have to put into place. Do you need speech therapy? Do, what kind of rehab do you need? And you get it scheduled. You, you get your friends to help you. And then little by little, you realize, I got this. I've been building resilience this whole time. I'm ready to navigate change. So you might not start out with that ability, but just kind of powering through it, you may wind up learning it. Is that what you're saying? Well, what I'm saying is it's just like anything else in life. You have to practice. So when people want to learn how to meditate, they start practicing. It's just a practice. When people want to get better at something, this is kind of the same thing. You're, you're building a new way in life. You're building resilience. You're building a protection for yourself. And it's, and it's just like anything else. I happen to have lived with resilient parents. So my mom and dad are very resilient people, and they taught us that from the time we were a child. So for me, it's how I grew up. But for someone else, if you don't have the resilience, now you're going to start picking it up because you're going to see it in the whatever the trauma is, whatever, the, whatever it is that's got you now in your life saying, I now have to build resilience. You're going to see it with the therapist that you interact with, with the doctor, with the spiritual person, you're going to start hearing things and reading things and it's going to start connecting because one, you're open to it Two, You've accepted your situation. So see, those are the big building blocks right there. And now you're receiving and doing the building blocks of building the resistance. So yes, you do have to power through. You absolutely have to have self-determination, grit. 
you have to have perseverance. I mean, people that don't have that have a hard time building resilience. They really do. So you have to have that inside of you. Well, I can, I mean, I am so glad that you were able to get through your brain injury. I mean, that must have been really scary for you. It was. It was um, devastating because in the beginning, I didn't realize how much it affected me. And I, I literally had to walk off the speaking engagement that I had scheduled a month out after the, it was right when it was all happening. And I thought I was fine. And I literally had to just cancel in mid sentence because I couldn't find the words. Mm. It must've been just scary. So would you say that three years later, you're a hundred percent, 80% where, where are you now that you've built up that resilience, but where are you as far as having a normal life? I feel that, Everyone tells me I'm back to 100%, but I still struggle a little bit sometimes with finding the word. And then the anxiety will come back that I felt when I really was jumbled and when I was having a hard time uh, navigating my thoughts and, and putting the recipes together or putting something together on the computer. So your mind sometimes will go back to that. But when you build this resilience and this practice, you will have a practice that works for you. So... When I have that moment where I think, oh, I'm not going to find the word. Oh, I'm still having a problem. For me, I have a trigger that I, when I'm in front of a group of people, I, I rub my toe and my, my toes in my shoes and no one can see me do it. But it's a physical stimulus to me to remind me, you're okay. You've got this. Just take a breath and then go. And nobody sees me do it, but it reminds me to relax a little bit. And so those are little things that people pick up when they're building resilience, when they're navigating a new path in life. That's what it's about. Our transitions happen all the time. But when you have the acceptance, when you can adjust as you go, when you can be open and optimistic about what's realistically going on in your life, like you realistically have to make changes now. And I know that I accept it. Now I'm planning. And you plug in with your coping skills. Let's go back to what you said about rubbing your toe in your shoe. How did you okay. learn that? Was that something that a therapist gave you or did you come up with that on your own? I actually came up with it on my own somehow. And I, maybe I, in one of my classes uh, years ago, I was a general manager of a restaurant in Vail, Colorado, the ski town, and we had music venue as well. So every night and through the weekends, there was a lot of um band entertainment. It was just, you know, a crazy Wild West fun ski town. And being a female in charge of everyone, uh, you know, men sometimes don't like to be told they're cut off or that they can't drink any longer. They can't come in. So instead of raising my anger, or my um, disappointment in customers, I would sometimes just rub my toes in my shoes before I walk up to them to tell them they need to leave or calm down. I always had my door staff and my bouncers around. And actually one day, one of the entertainers, um, one of the singers came up to me and she said, I've been working here for a couple of years. How do you maintain your, so your calm? How do you do that when, when chaos is breaking out? So I told her my little trick and she said, I'm going to do that from now on. Wow. That's Six an awesome. Later, <laughs> yeah. Is that, have you, later, she comes, actually does it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so cool. Have you heard of tapping, you know, where you tap on your wrist? Yes, yeah, some people do that, um, and I know they do it with rubber bands and things like that. I've heard about that. So it's kind but, of similar? Uh, I, it's similar, but mine is nobody sees you do it. So it's like it doesn't draw attention, and it's just a, a 
quick little stimulus between myself and my brain. Hey, relax a little bit and don't say something you don't want to. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I, I think yeah, that's great. a great piece of advice for people. I share, I share it with every team I've ever managed, all my employees, I've shared it for many, many years. It's a great thing. It's a great tip. The Veronica Toe Rub. Mm-hmm. Right. See, now we've named it. It's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so any other really great pieces of advice for people to, you know, like a physical, something like that, like the Toe Rub, anything else that you can think of that would really help people get through something so that they can get to their resilient frame of mind? Well, I, there's a couple little things. Remember that to stay around positive people because negative people love misery. Misery loves company. So try to be around the people that are encouraging and they're accepting and they're helping you move forward and they have attitudes of gratitude. It's just, you know, people that are resilient are absolutely, it's been proven they're more positive people. So just try to stick around positive people. And volunteer. I know that sounds horrible and people are thinking, well, how can I volunteer? I'm miserable. I just lost a loved one. I just had a car accident. I just lost my job. Here's the thing. You could go volunteer somewhere and and get a job because they love how you hustle when you're volunteering. And then there's your resilience. You could go and volunteer somewhere and be helping people and meet your new boyfriend or girlfriend. I mean, you never know. But when you're of service to other people, it helps you. And that also builds resilience. The resilience is not giving up on things. The resilience is having that inner determination that you know that you love yourself and that you're going to do the best you can to move forward. And it is acceptance. Life isn't easy. Life isn't fair. We don't know what's going to shake out in the, in the roll of the dice, but it's what we do with it. That's what resilience is. How do we get through? Those are two good pieces of advice. Be around positive people and volunteer. Anything else? Uh, Love yourself. Love yourself and be open. You know, love yourself. uh, Let go of the negativity. Don't dwell in the past. Still enjoy those memories, but know that you're going to make new memories. Those are great pieces of advice. Veronica, if my listener wants to reach out to you, get more information on resilience, do you have a way of people finding you? I do. You can email me at Veronica at veronicamitchell.com. You can reach me on Twitter at veronicamitch1. And I will be having my, I'm going to relaunch my Facebook page and some other stuff. So I'll have all that online. Awesome. And so online would be veronicamitchell.com. That's correct. Veronicamitchell.com. And I wanted to say one last thing. Sure. Just remember self-care to take care of yourself. You know, people forget about that and that is very critical to be able to take care of yourself. So whatever it is, while you're building the resilience, take time for yourself. Like go get a massage, that kind of thing. Get your, your toes get done. <laughs> Manicure, pedicures. Ask someone to take you for a ride up to the mountains if you want to go see the mountains. If you want to go sit by the beach, go sit by the beach. If you like to meditate, go join a meditation group. You know, find out what the things are that help you rejuvenate and recharge your battery and make sure you make time for that every day because that helps build resilience. That is great advice. Veronica, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me, Kathy. You, You do great work and I'm always happy to be available for Rock Your Retirement Podcast. Thank you again. And for my listener, 
We'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. So, Les, you know how we've been talking about the six pillars of retirement lifestyle? Yes, we have. Well, how do you track those? How do you make sure that your life in one area isn't going to fall apart? I don't know. I mean, one way is to write it down somewhere, of course. And so that's what we've done. We've created a journal. It's called the Baby Boomers 30-Day Journal. And in that journal, it gives you a place to write these things down. Yeah, in an organized way, because it's one thing to have notes in a notebook, but it's another to have the notebook uh, organize your thoughts. And so what it is, it's, it just takes five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening. And in the morning, you'll write down something that you're grateful for. I mean, it's not designed to spend, you know, four hours on. You just write one quick thing that you're grateful for. Yeah, it's not a diary in that sense. It's a journal, but mm -hmm. it's not designed to write your life story in. It's just quick to track the areas of your life. Mm -hmm. And so then each morning, you'll write a quick goal in each of the six areas of retirement lifestyle. And to be honest, you don't even need to be retired or thinking of retirement to use this journal. But since it's for our show and our listeners, that's what we use it for. Right. So you'll write a quick goal in each area. My goals lately have been in the significant other area have been to not nag. What do you think about that, Les? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so my goal in that area is if I catch myself nagging, just to stop. That's my quick goal. Yeah. And then... <laughs> yeah, Les likes that, right? Yeah, I like that. Then in the evening, you rate yourself in each area from 1 to 10, 1 being lowest, 10 being highest. And then you write notes about your day. So this is where the diary part comes in. But it's, a, you know, it's not pages and pages. It's just one small section. And then you also track some other health issues, such as how many steps you walked, um, how much water you drank, and how much sleep you got the night before. This is very useful. Absolutely. So if you're interested in the journal, go to rockyourretirement.com forward slash journal. And there it will be. Oh, wait. I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree 
from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, Actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, We actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye!